What up, world? It's your pass-first point guard and Trailblazers reporter, Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts, and also on YouTube. Coming at you every single weekday. Make it your first listen Monday through Friday. Tell your friends to do the same. It's Locked On Blazers, your team every day. Today's show, we're going to appreciate, appreciate, first of all, we're going to appreciate saying that word. Then we're going to appreciate Shaden Sharp. Uh, The rookie has been really special this season. A friend of mine asked me where this season ranks. And instead of ranking it, I'm just going to try to appreciate it. But we'll talk rankings regardless because I'm brave. And if you ask me a question, I'll at least try to answer it. Then we want to talk about the Knicks pick. The Blazers are going to get a second first round pick in this draft. In addition to their own, they're going to receive a pick from the New York Knicks. And I think that is meaningful for a variety of reasons, uh, mostly because you can trade it to the Chicago Bulls. We'll talk about that in the second segment. And then to close the show is Tank Watch. We're in the final week of the season. The Blazers, if they believe in themselves, can have the fifth worst record in the NBA. We will look at who's behind them or ahead of them or however the standings work when you're trying to lose and what they need to do to uh, close out the year. Uh, They need to lose all their games, but uh, we'll get into the nitty-gritty of how, of what that looks like and the rest of the teams around them vying for that fifth best lottery odds. But first, let's talk. Let's talk Shaden Sharp. He's been great. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> three straight games with 25 points and five assists four straight games with 25 plus um he's he's over his last seven games he's averaging 24.7 points six boards and 3.9 assists that's as a starter 25 six and four on 46 percent percent shooting 42 percent from three and 79 percent from the free throw line he has been he has been more efficient with a bigger role he was shooting prior to moving into the starting lineup 35 percent from three Seven games, small sample size, all that, but he has been tasked with a bigger ask, right? Like, hey, we need you to do more. The ball's going to be in your hands. You're going to play 36, 38 minutes. You're going to, like, huge minute load, huge responsibility load. You're going to carry the offense. You're going to be our go-to player down the stretch in close games against OKC in a close game against Minnesota. Like, we're going to, we are going to run the, run offense through you and, like, before you were just you were the fourth guy and the fifth guy in some lineups. Now you're the guy, and we're going to run sets to get you the ball in your spots and let you go to work. And he's been more efficient. And a friend of mine sent me a text message. Friend, you know who you are. You're not getting a shout out. A friend of mine sent me a text message. Uh, it said, "Where does Shane Sharp's?" Uh, where does Shane Sharp's season rank among all-time Blazers uh, seasons? And I said, this is a question for the podcast. Why are you giving me homework? But then I said, okay, I'll just do it for the podcast. I I, I want to say this. Shane's averaging on the year 9.4 points, 2.8 boards, an assist, half a steal, and 0.3 blocks. On the year, shooting 47.5% from the field and 36.8% from three and weirdly 72% from the free throw line, 71.6% from the free throw line. Um, This is not a particularly special season by Blazers rookie standards. There have been, he's averaging 9.4 points per game. There have been 14 seasons in Blazers franchise history of rookies averaging at least 9.5 per game. So, you know, this isn't like just sort of raw scoring. Not even in the top 15. Not even in the top 15. Also, the Blazers have had four rookie of the years. Like, the, the rookies of the year. I think it's actually how you say that. They've had four rookies of the year. Rookies, Maybe it's rookies of the years. I'm going to go with that. They've had four rookies of the years. <laughs> Jeff Petrie, Sidney Wicks, Bren Roy, Damian Lillard. Uh, you know, P- Petrie averaged 25 a game. <laughs> 
like uh, the seventy seventy one rookie of the year, twenty five a game. Sidney Wicks averaged twenty four and a half a game to go along with eleven boards. Like as a rookie, Sidney Wicks averaged twenty four and a half and twelve, basically eleven twenty four and a half and eleven and a half. Shane ain't doing that. <laughs> it's not when he's not rookie of the year like like Wicks was. Brandon Roy was a vote shy of a unanimous rookie of the year. Um, shout out to Chuck Swirsky who voted for Andrea Bargnani. Um, Chuck, absolute basketball legend and an incredible, an incredible vote in the spring of 2007 to give Andre Bargnani a uh, the. <laughs> The rookie of the year voting when Brandon Roy had um, been like one of the 20 best players in the NBA. Even he was great. I mean, he's probably not that good. He was really, really, really good as his rookie year. And Damian Lillard was straight up unanimous rookie of the year. Like Shane's not in in that he's in that level. Uh, Sabon- uh, like just if, if we're going down the list, Arvidas Sabonis' rookie year, he was. Great, but Sabonis was probably a few years removed from being the best basketball player on the planet when he arrived. It's like um, he was 31 when he showed up as a rookie and was like immediate, immediately very good, averaging you know 14 and a half and eight. Like, but he's 31. It's a different thing. Um, even Sam Bowie probably had a better rookie year than uh, than Shaden Sharp. Sam Bowie quietly had a totally reasonable career. He just um, he's not Michael Jeffrey Jordan, and <laughs> he should have been. Rudy Fernandez, Rudy Fernandez, for my money, probably had a better uh, rookie season than Shaden Sharp. Uh, a guy who I just didn't see, Kelvin Ramsey. Like he's he's like someone whose name comes up in in when I when I re- reach back into Blazer history, just like just someone I, I I totally missed. He was a Blazer for two seasons, starting in 81. 80, 80, 81 was his rookie year. I was born like seven years later, um, so I missed him. I was also born on the other side of the country, D- didn't see him, but like. Ramsey was great as a rookie, average, a- averaging uh, 15, and seven, 15 and 7 assists. Like, he was, um, you know, th- that ain't Shaden. I think you can argue Michael Thompson was also better as a rookie. He averages, he averaged, excuse me, uh, 14 and, 14.7 points and 8.3 boards. Like, that's, t- that's 10 dudes who were just straight up better than, straight up better than, um, but Shaden Sharp is then Shaden Sharp has been. I mean, this is not even a top ten rookie season for the Blazers. Uh, Rudy Fernandez he averaged just uh, ten points, ten two and ten two and three for Rudy. But um, he was like just a bit more impactful contributor. He was also like a pro when he showed up. He just happened to be twenty three years old. Uh, different measurement. I don't even know if Shaden Sharp's season is going to end him end him with end up with him on a all-rookie team. Like, I don't know if he's going to make first-team or second-team all-rookie. And um, it won't be because of talent. It'll be because of production. And here's, here like, what I what I mean by that is, like, Shaden Sharp is clearly one of the best rookies in his draft class. If there was a redraft, which a, a listener asked me to do a redraft of it, like, I don't know that Shaden Sharp jumps up way higher, but I think you could argue that he jumps up higher, like... I guess in some ways it depends on your feelings on Chet Holmgren or Jabari Smith Jr. But like, yeah, like he's he's pretty he's pretty obviously been one of the one of the best rookies in his class. He was drafted seventh. He's certainly no worse than that. Like he's been really really good. Um, you know, with the caveat that Chet Holmgren didn't play any games. So if he doesn't make the All Rookie Team, he just didn't pl- he just didn't play like 
crazy minutes. He, he ended up, he was, he's averaging like 22 a game now, and it's going to go up from there, but he obviously is playing a bunch at the end of the last 10 games of the season. Um, he might end up on one. If he doesn't, I'm not going to freak out because I am totally comfortable with how good Shaden Sharp is going to be. The production might not be there now because he didn't have this big role. He didn't start. He was, you know, on a team that was fancy themselves a playoff team and not on like one of these um, teams that was destined to be here always, even though the Blazers may be destined to be here always. But what this reminds me of is when Amphrey Simons took over last year. And it was like, Ant, you know, it ended up being 27 games with Ant in charge after after January 1st when Dame went down. And after from that stretch, Anthony Simons averaged 23.4 points, 2.7 boards, 5.8 assists, shot 42% from three with the ball in his hands a bunch. Um, you know, averaged 24, 3, and 6 playing big minutes as the lead guard. It was like, you didn't need all 27 games. After 20 games, it was like, yeah, Anthony Simons is going to be fine. He's going to be fine. He's, he's really good and he can play. And the the question was, how does he fit? Because you knew he if you knew if you gave him a big enough slice of the pie, he was able to fill it without losing his efficiency. And that's kind of how I feel about Shaden Sharp too. Like I mentioned, since he's been a starter for seven games, twenty four point seven, six boards, three point nine assists, forty two percent from three. Like he's just been. He's just been really good. I'm not worried about his current production. So I'm not worried that he's, this is, you know, like something like the 11th or 13th best rookie season in franchise history. An interesting thing to look up for the podcast. But what it is, is is this stretch makes me very comfortable in the player he's going to become. So all rookie team, whatever it might be, national ranking, whatever it might be, all that stuff is like, dude can play. Dude can really hoop. And when they've given him more on his plate, he's picked it up and and... You've seen the struggles. The struggles last a game and a half. And he's like, okay, now I get how to attack pick and rolls. Now I get how to attack screens. Oh, Jane McD- Herb Jones all over me. Okay, I don't really know how to get loose. Okay, give me a little more competent point guard and Skylar Mays. Jaden McDaniels who might make a freaking all-defense team this year. He can't guard me down the stretch. He can't guard me. I'm not worried. Like, he he's... He is cl- learning on the job without losing efficiency. And he has, he has just he has filled the space offered to him in the way that Amphrey Simons did. And it's the question is, how does he fit? The Blazers will have to answer that with what they do this summer. There's no reason to, quite frankly, no reason to speculate on it right now. But here's what I think. If you play next to Damian Lillard, you're not going to have this role, this size of role, all of these things, right? Like it's just going to be different for you. All of it's going to be different for you. So what the question is, is can you bring 60% of this at the same efficiency every night, and then when you need more, you're capable of doing more. 60% is 14, 3.5, and 2.5. If, if in year two, Shaden Sharp averages a comfortable 14, and he can scale up to score 28 when they need him, you're in a really good spot. I think if you were expecting him to score 20-plus a game in year two um, on a team that's like wants to be competitive to like win a playoff series, the ask is probably too big, and you might get disappointed. You remember, you'll recall that Amphrey Simons probably got promoted. Um, Peter Principal promoted a little bit too early, and was it was he just he wasn't ready, and it made it made Ant feel more disappointing. And when he was ready, he really seized it. I think Sharp is on a faster timeline. Looks um, he just looks more polished. He's he's better than Ant was at the same age. Like I, I don't I, that's non controversial. Um, he's better than Ant was at the same age, so he, he might get there quicker. But if you carve out 
24 and a half minutes for Shaden Sharp next year, regardless of what his role, you know, starting off the bench, whatever it might be. If you, if you, if he plays half the game next year because you need him and averages 14, three and a half and two and a half, which is like 60% of the production we've seen over the last two weeks, he's going to be in a great spot. And I am very confident in him scaling to that 60% of his production. He's been really good. He's been really good. So a uh, friend who sent me that text message, I know I told you I'd do it on the pod. I did it on the pod, dude. So I hope you listened. I know you did. I appreciate it. All right. we got. I got more stuff for you, including the Knicks giving the Blazers a draft pick. That's what we'll talk about in the second segment. I think that draft pick's going to Chicago. Let me expand on those thoughts. But first, let me tell you about game time. Listen, buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you with killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Listen, if you're trying to go and see the big events, right? Like say you want to go see the Taylor Swift stadium tour, or you're trying to go see Beyonce, or you just found out that you saved some money to set aside and you go see Drake. There's a lot of, a lot of big concerts coming this summer all over this great nation. You might have to plan in advance and get really creative, but not with the Game Time app. Instead, GameTime has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event, plus exclusive flash deals on tickets for sports like football, basketball, baseball, and your concert needs, comedy, theater, and more. Uh, you can get images of your of your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive, and you can buy the tickets in a couple clicks. So, download the GameTime app, create an account, use the code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem the code locked on, and redeem code locked on MBA for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right. Blazers got a draft pick, y'all. <laughs> They're going to get their own, which we're going to talk about to close the show. But the New York Knickerbockers, congratulations to Hefty lefty Julius Randle, heart of the city Josh Hart, and Jalen Brunson, who sure would have looked would have looked pretty good if he had just stayed in stayed in a certain city in Texas. But all those all those dudes wound up Villanova, the pride of Villanova wound up in New York. Julius Randle bounced back from a from a, a struggle season where he was flipping off the fans to be a star yet again. Tibbs found a way to play the rookies and get the most, or the young guys rather, get the most out of folks like uh, Emmanuel Quickly and Miles McBride. Uh, R.J. Barrett has been totally reasonable. They've got some okay minutes from the bigs and Mitchell Robinson, Isaiah Hardenstein. They've they they they've just they've found a way to be a comfortable playoff team and officially clinched. They will not be in the play-in. They can finish no worse than six, thanks to a loss by the Heat and a win by the New York Knicks which means the lottery-protected pick traded in the Josh Hart Cam Reddish deal and sent to the Portland Trailblazers is coming this summer. Right now, it's projected to be the number 23 pick in the draft. Useful for the Blazers because they can go into a draft that many people think is pretty deep. They can take a rookie with number 23, add him to the stable, figure out how it works, 
get a get a con- cost controlled player. Like, trust your trust your front office to nail a draft pick and go on from there. But they're not going to do that. They're going to trade this pick to the Chicago Bulls. I'm not reporting that. That's my best guess. I've said it a bunch on the show. I've said it like uh, many many times. I have said kind of just in passing. I think they're going to trade this Knicks pick to the Chicago Bulls. And let me flesh out why I believe that to be the case. First, the Blazers owe the Bulls a lottery-protected pick through 2028 as part of the Larry Nance, Larry Markkinen, Dennis Jones Jr. three-way trade with the Chicago Bulls and Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, the Blazers have missed the playoffs each of the past two years. They've been in the lottery, so they have not given that pick to the Bulls. They still owe it to Chicago. It's just sitting there. They're going to miss the playoffs again. The Blazers are officially eliminated, and they're going to miss the playoffs again. Uh, so the Bulls, uh, they're still on the hook owing a Bulls a pick. But the Blazers have also kind of pretty much blatantly, um, I don't know, said, but um, insinuated that they're itching to make a big old trade. And if they make a big old trade this summer, they're going to need access to all of their future picks to facilitate said big old trade. Which means they got to give something to the Bulls to make it happen. Now, the Bulls aren't really in a position to squeeze the Blazers. Uh, in the past, teams have, have maybe gotten like a second round pick or some um, like moving up like, hey, you owe us a pick in 2027. How about we give it to you in 2025? Call it good, like and, and kind of figure out, figure out the deals, figure out the deal. But I think the Blazers might just be able to send something like a lightly protected second round pick in this 2023 number 23 overall pick to the Chicago and get it done because the bulls have real incentive to get themselves a, a stinking pick. Um, first of all, no guarantee the bulls make the playoffs. So they might be a lottery protected team and the bulls. owe even if they, even if they miss the playoffs, they owe a top four protected pick to the Chicago or to the Orlando magic f- for completing the Wendell Carter jr. Nikola Vucevic trade. The bulls might miss the playoffs, get something like, like the 12th pick in the draft and give it away to the magic. That's bad news. They need a pick, but not only do they owe a pick this year, lottery protected or top four protected pick this year, they owe a top, a top 10 protected pick in 2025. So each of the next two of the next three drafts, 2023 and 2025, the bulls owe their first round pick in 2025. They owe it to the San Antonio Spurs who complete that DeMar DeRozan sign and trade from way back when, um, a pretty good deal to, for the, for the, um, Spurs to be sitting on a 2025 pick. Well, well done in, in orchestrating that one. But um, the Bulls, like, they're not very good. <laughs> uh, they're, they're not very good. They're going to lose or have to decide what to do with Vucevic this summer. He's entering free agency. They don't have picks to trade because they owe a pick in 2025. Um, or they owe a pick in 2023 and a pick in 2025. Like, they have real incentive not to hold out and say, you know what? Let's bank on the Blazers making the playoffs as a low seed next year, and let's get 17 in the 2024 draft. There is not much incentive for them to be stingy with this. There's more incentive for them to just get a first-round pick that they can either use or or package to trade because they also are an expensive roster with veterans that vastly underachieved this year. DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine are really good, but this te- that team's not very good. They're not in a too dissimilar position from the Blazers, so I really do believe... I really do believe this is a simple, a a pretty simple exchange in which the Blazers just say, hey, we got what you want in this 2023 first round pick. You're not going to have your own. Take this. Give us back. 
what basically what it would be was they would lift the restrictions off the pick. The Blazers, instead of waiting for the future picks to 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 convey, they'd say, "Okay, you have completed. Uh, you have you know given us what you owe us. Now our your future picks are no longer encumbered." And immediately on draft night, the Blazers would be able to trade their own pick, which is going to be like the fifth pick in the draft. Plus a twenty twenty, uh, plus a twenty twenty five pick, plus a twenty twenty seven pick, plus a twenty twenty nine pick, plus swaps in twenty four and twenty six. Like all of a sudden, they can put a package together with all of that and Amphrey Simons and the blah blah blah, blah and Nazir Little and the use of Nurkic and Jaden Sharp, blah, blah blah, like whatever. Literally every player on the roster, all the you know, picks and swaps for days to to target a star. They could have the the type of like, uh, Godfather package. Is that what it is to target a star? Is, is that like a responsible team building? No, no. But but I have said before, and I'll say again, it's like at some point they got to decide what they're doing. They got to decide if they're going to be irresponsible, cash in all those chips like Damian Lord wants them to do and, and go for it with Dame with the express understanding that it might super flop or they got to stop lying to the, they can stop lying to the man, lying to us and just saying, we aren't comfortable doing that. That trade's not there. We're not going to, we're not, it's not going to happen and, and go the other way, go young go the other way. They, they got to, um, this summer is the summer to make that decision. And that decision will be informed by getting all of their, their currently protected encumbered owed draft picks back from the Chicago Bulls by sending them this first round pick from the Knicks. Honestly, getting off of Josh Hart and getting a first round pick and a flyer on Cameron is pretty good trade. Good job by Joe Cronin. If that also leads to you getting your, your, uh, pick back from the Bulls and you end up with like the number one overall pick it's gonna be one heck of there i, I kind of like don't want to like jinx too much or like get people's hopes up too much on the number one pick thing but you get a very high lottery pick you get your picks back to be able to trade like all of a sudden you're a team that can make moves and joe cronin has said he's you know in contact always with chicago wouldn't be surprised if they've uh agreed to the swap uh, that's just you know i've said in passing that i thought the blazers are going to send that pick to the to the bulls there are the specifics on why I truly believe it's going to happen because Chicago has real incentive to get a first round pick and not wait because they're waiting on some other picks that they owe to other teams in the future. All right, let's let us close the show talking talking a little bit more about draft picks, the Blazers' own draft pick and their hunt for the fifth best lottery odds. We got Tank Watch. That's what we'll do to close the show, what the Blazers got left, and who is around them in the standings that they got to hold off. It's time to lose. But before we do that, I want to tell you that today's show is brought to you by BetterHelp. Uh, listen, BetterHelp can, can be a solution for you during the challenges of life, whether you're experiencing a single traumatic event or if you're just trying to get to know yourself better, especially because we're always growing and changing. The sort of routine maintenance on your brain, therapy can help you do that. It's all about deepening your self-awareness and understanding because, listen, sometimes we don't know what we want or why we react the way we do until we talk through things. And BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are to where you'd like to go or at least point you in that direction. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's an 
entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnNBA to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash LockedOnNBA. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond, you are still listening to Locked On Blazers. It's Tank Watch. Blazers won a fun game on Sunday. They beat the Minnesota Timberwolves, and Shane Sharp delivered down the stretch, scoring eight of their final 11 points over the final four minutes. He was great. And I said then, and I mean it now, we're not going to poo-poo them for entertaining wins. We watch basketball to, to be entertained. That game was entertaining, seeing Shaden Sharp play in meaningful minutes and go score on a Jaden McDaniels, Rudy Gobert defended pick and roll with under a minute left to put the Blazers up three is something worth celebrating. Winning good, tanking important. The Blazers got to lose. <laughs> like I'm not if, even if they win down the stretch, I'm not going to not going to hate, but they got to lose. They have dragged you, dear listener, dear Blazers fan, through a pretty depressing season. Then they pulled the plug and got all of their good players, sat them on the bench, signed guys off the streets to 10-day deals with the final 10 days, like, you know, made trades at the, the, excuse me, at the trade deadline to, like, get worse on purpose, uh, create flexibility for the future, including this valuable Knicks pick that we talked about in the previous segment. Like they did this to get, they, they, this seemed, this might've been part of the plan in October, quite frankly, but it was certainly part of the plan by the time we got to February. So they got to reward you by losing as much as possible and juicing their odds right now. They are the outright holders of the fifth best lottery odds, but they are holding off some teams, the wizards, Pacers, and Orlando Magic are right behind the Blazers. As we sit here today, I'm recording this on Monday. Uh, It's one of the dead days in the NBA calendar because it's the men's NCAA National Championship game. Maybe should have switched that with the women's game. It was more fun. But what are you going to do? Uh, this is a this. So nobody played tonight. So as as we sit here, uh, the Blazers are 33 and 45. Sole possession of the fifth worst record in the NBA. Right behind them, knocking at the door. The 34 and 30 and 45 Indiana Pacers who have three games remaining. The Wizards are 34 and 44. The Orlando Magic are also 34 and 44. The Blazers got four games left. At Memphis, uh, on the road against San Antonio in Austin, Texas, at the Clippers. Afternoon game, turn around, afternoon game to close the year at home against Golden State Warriors. Clippers and Warriors will probably both absolutely need to win to close out the weekend. Uh, Blazers are not fielding like a particularly competitive NBA team, but they did just win uh, when they were 19 and a half point dogs on FanDuel. You got it wrong, FanDuel. Still the number one sportsbook in America, but you didn't know. Blazers a uh, massive upset on Sunday. So, but Clippers and Clippers and Warriors are still going to play those last two games. Uh, they're going to need to win. Uh, Memphis, we'll see, but they're like they're good enough to beat the Blazers. With they've they, Memphis has not pulled the plug yet. They're they're they they rolled out their guys in their last game. I, I assume they will again, but worth checking the injury reports for sure because Memphis is um, pretty comfortably locked into where they're going to be. That San Antonio game. San Antonio's professional losers. Like this is a team that can absolutely lose. They got the third worst record in the league. Um, they locked into one of the bottom three records in the league. Like they're um, this team could lose. This team could lose. It's going to be that's going to be a battle for the ages. Not between the players. That, that's like the stupidest thing about it is like um, you know Justin Champagny is not trying to lose. 
Zach Collins ain't trying to lose. <laughs> Kelton Johnson's not trying to lose. Greg Popovich isn't trying to lose. The front offices are trying to lose. They're putting out as little talent as they possibly can on the court. Um, and Nate Williams III says, sorry, Joe, but I'm sorry, Joe, I'm going to hit a big three and make this lefty layup in transition when I probably should have passed the ball anyways. And we're going to go up three. Let's go. That's a, that's, I would say the Blazers very likely, very possible to go 0-4, but 1-3 is definitely on the table. That would leave the Blazers with 34 wins. You lose out, you're, you're golden. Like, you already have it. You lose it. You keep losing, you're golden. You win one, it gets dicey. It, becomes, it could become a coin flip. Orlando, 34-44, and 44, game back of the Blazers right now. They play two games against Cleveland at home. Uh, in theory, I think the, the Cavs need to keep winning. Not really. <laughs> like, like it, they don't really need to because it's um, it's a little bit. It's unlikely that they that they get got because uh, they're three games ahead, of, clear of the Knicks, uh, and they're two and a half games back of the Sixers. Like they're just pretty unlikely to jump to third. They're pretty unlikely to fall to fifth. But you got to protect yourself. Give you give yourself a chance. They're going to try to win both those games at Brooklyn and then at Miami to close the season uh, for Orlando. Miami you know, fighting to get a home court play, play in game. That's incredibly important. Um, and then at Brooklyn there in sixth, they just, they will, because that's not the very last game of the season, I believe Brooklyn will still need to win. So I think Orlando is going to play four East postseason teams that all need to win Orlando. They're good enough to beat. I, I think all of those teams, uh, Cleveland's really good, but they're, they're good enough to win all of those games. But I think 0-4 is on the table for Orlando. Blazers got to lose. The Wizards, 34-44. They play the Bucks, who have not called it yet, but they have been a team that has uh, held some folks out all season long. Haven't called it yet, though. Um, if this was next year, Giannis Antetokounmpo is short of the short of the minimum to qualify for MVP, so you'd get Antetokounmpo playing in this game against the Wizards, which would be literally the reverse of what we want, right? A team trying to lose like the Wizards would be incentivized to lose even more, but at least teams would get to see, uh, at least, you know, fans would get to see Giannis play one more game. So, Against the Bucks, at Atlanta, against the Heat, against the Rockets. Wizards Rockets, final game of the season, is going to be a tankoff for the ages. For the ages. One of the great we're gonna lose this no matter what games you'll ever see to close the season. Shout out to the NBA schedule makers. A really, really special one. I think the Wizards have 0-4 in them. Blazers good like Bucks at Hawks versus the Heat, and then the Rockets game, which is a toss-up. Certainly the win- winnable game on the schedule there with with the Rockets, but but the Hawks are you know they're in the mix to try to avoid slipping down to having to play two play-in games. They absolutely need to win. Uh, the Bucks are fine. Like they got to keep. They are going to probably play out to just clinch home court advantage, but uh, over the Celtics, which they have a two-game lead, but but. So having it be tomorrow's game helps uh, the Wizards. They're they're probably going to lose that one. I I think I think they are they're a maybe with a win. Right, players got to keep losing. Then the Pacers, thirty four and forty five, they play three have just three games left versus the Knicks, who again like could catch the. Could catch the Cavs, so I think they'll play it out uh, against the Pistons. All-time great tanking team. Um, really, the Pistons are epic. One and twenty-one in their last twenty-two games, and then uh, at the Knicks, when the Knicks probably will have nothing to play for. So the Pacers could conceivably win two. I think you're pretty comfortable with them winning one home against the Pistons. They're going to end up with thirty-five wins. They're probably not going to catch the Blazers. So really, 
Portland just got to lose out because Orlando could definitely lose out and the Wizards could definitely lose out. Both those teams would end up with 34 wins. The Blazers would end up with 34 wins. If all of the teams are tied, it's decided by a coin flip. You got to lose. That game against the San Antonio Spurs, incredibly important. Never, never, not since all of last season when the Blazers did this to you before, have you rooted for a team to lose so miserably. Please don't put us back here again, Portland Trail Blazers. Please don't. Please. I can't look at the schedule last week of the season and count losses. Don't do this to me. Don't do this to the fan base. Nobody deserves this. Damian Lamont Ollie Lillard Sr. doesn't deserve this. Damian Lamont Ollie Lillard, Lillard Jr. doesn't deserve this, man. Nobody deserves this nonsense. Chauncey Friggin Billups doesn't deserve this nonsense. Let the man try to coach a good team for 82 games and, like, let's... Let's give them a real shot. Please don't put us back here. Blazers got to lose. If they lose, they're going to have the fifth worst the fifth worst record in the league, the fifth, fifth best lottery odds, a greater than 40% chance at getting a top four pick, a greater than 10% chance of getting a number one overall pick. You got to lose. Got to lose them all. That's how champions are made. Okay. I'm out of here. Thanks for listening to the show. I appreciate you. I'll talk to you soon. <laughs>